This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. I've got a question for you. Do you check your digital documents for accessibility? I have another question for you. Would you even know how? Apparently, there are some tools at your disposal that are built right into programs. Digital accessibility specialist Denis Boudreau is here to tell you about accessibility checkers. Denis is the founder of Inclusive Communication. Denis joins us from Montreal. Hey, good morning, Denis. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Good morning. So, Denis, confession time for me. I didn't even know there were built-in accessibility checkers. So let's start here. What are they and what kinds of programs do they apply to? Well, first, I'd say you wouldn't be alone in, in knowing that those exist. So don't feel bad about that. <laughs> but uh, but these tools, basically what they're doing is they help you as you're building a document, as you're creating a document, to make sure that you're not missing out on the most obvious considerations that will make those documents more accessible to people with disabilities. So uh, so depending on which software you're using, like there's a, there's a variety of those tools that exist. If you're, like you've mentioned Word earlier on, um, as you were introducing the show today. Uh, so in Word, for instance, or in PowerPoint, you have these checkers that will look for certain best practices and make sure that you did not forget about adding you know, alternative text to your images or making sure that the structure of your headings are going to, is going to be uh, hierarchical and you're not skipping levels, that sort of thing. So that's basically what they do. They help you structure your documents and they help you not forget about the most you know, beneficial aspects that you can provide to your content so that that content works better for those who need certain types of accommodations. Denny, I, I apologize for the somewhat Captain Obvious question here, but what are the benefits and the strengths of these checkers? Well, the benefits certainly are related to helping someone who doesn't quite know a lot about accessibility to still you know it the right uh, marks, if you will, when it comes to to creating those documents. So again, like I was saying, not forget about you know image descriptions or or pay attention to color contrast. Like these things are going to be picked up by the tools quite reliably. So so some of the advantages are definitely going to be uh, to be related to that. One other uh, benefit that I really like about them is that they're they're a great way for someone to learn a little bit more about accessibility without actually having to learn about accessibility. Because a lot mm. of people, you know, when you talk about those things, they're like, yeah, I've got a million other things to think about. I don't think I want to dedicate that kind of energy to this particular topic. But when you are working with a tool and then the tool just brings up these different considerations and you identify or understand those considerations as a way to make your document even better than it currently is, then why wouldn't you do that? So you're learning about accessibility without actually, you know, spending brain cycles thinking, oh, I'm learning about accessibility. It just happens very subtly. Mm. Uh, I, I, I like, I, I, I may have said something like that on a previous episode with you, but to me, this is the, the, the strategy of, you know, hiding vegetables in your spaghetti sauce when you have little kids <laughs> and they don't want to eat vegetables, but you just blend them in and people don't know. And then, you know, they still appreciate what you made. It's just kind of the same thing here. Mm. These checkers allow you to do that. Yeah, there's some hand-holding there, right? It's helping people. Absolutely. It's helping people through the process. So those, so those are the positives. What about mm-hmm. some of the limitations of these checkers? 
Well, checkers can only do so much for you, right? So, uh, so there are a certain number of, of considerations or, or, or aspects that will be taken care of through those tools. So, so you know, they help you not forget about these things. But, uh, but it only does so much. So, there, accessibility is much more complicated than a simple um, automated check on your content. You still have to do a lot of work after the, after that, or or behind the scenes, or after you've done through that part to complete to complete that that process, uh, you know, running a screen reader through your document to see if it works properly is an example of, of such thing. Um, also, for instance, you could you you could, for instance, add alt text to your image in a Word or PowerPoint document, but it doesn't mean that your alt text actually describes the image properly. So on top of, of what the tools can do, you yourself need to know a bit more about accessibility so that you are going to, uh, to integrate these considerations in a way that will bring maximum impact or optimization to the experience. And, and that's true for, for other types of documents as well, right? So we, I, I've been talking about Word and PowerPoint here, but in, um, in the context, say, of web content, You've got a bunch of, of browser extensions like that that also do similar things. There's one very popular one uh, called Axe Dev Tools that allows you to run a checker through your web page. And then, again, same idea, find all those low-hanging fruits that you could easily fix. Um, but that, too, will, you know, will require some additional work after the fact to really create a truly accessible, truly inclusive document. But it gives you this, this baseline that already takes you from zero to, say, 50%, 60% sometimes of your of your content. And I mentioned, again, I mentioned PowerPoint and Word and, and Web, but you know PDF is the same thing. Acrobat has a similar checker. And again, you can do similar things in those documents mm. so that your baseline is always a bit more accessible than it would be otherwise. Yeah, it gives you sort of that, that nudge in the right direction and helps you with some sort of quantitative building. And then you have to work on the qualitative on your end as well, right? The, the, the education right. has to continue. Denis, you and I have been talking about this for a couple of years now. So I imagine there's going to be some overlap when I ask you this question, but it's always mm -hmm. worth a reminder for the audience and for people who are listening or watching who are interested. What are the do's and don'ts when it comes to making a digital document more inclusive? Um, well, some of the do, well, okay, there's, there's a lot of things really. Yeah, um, we could be here we, all we day. Should, we, we could be here all day if we went through the whole list. We, we certainly could be. I, I mean, the first one that comes to mind is really about the use of color uh, to convey information. So you know, you could create a document where your color contrasts are going to be okay, like in, in the sense that they're going to meet the thresholds that are defined by uh, by the requirements, the, the accessibility standards. But it doesn't, you could still use information that is conveyed only through color. And someone like myself, for instance, as someone who's colorblind, I might miss out on that information. So a big no-no would be to use color as the only way to convey that information. That, you know, that would be an example. Um, you know, using headings is great, but if you use headings based on the size that they are shown at, as opposed to the, the hierarchic level that they represent, again, you might create some confusion for some users who might be a little thrown off a little bit by the structure of your headings. If all of your headings are identified through a screen reader as heading level five or six, for instance, or four, you might be wondering, like, what is the main heading of that document? If it's not there because you thought it looked too big on your screen, you're, again, you're taking something that is meant for good and then you're turning it into something that might cause confusion. 
So those are some of the examples that, that come to mind. You're talking about images, for instance. So again, using alt text on images is awesome. But if you overdo it and you take decorative images, images that don't convey any information are just there for embellishment or eye candy, for instance, and you start overly describing those images because you want to do well, you're going to just create additional noise that will not necessarily be very helpful for someone who, uh, who benefits from those descriptions to be able to understand the document a bit more holistically if they're using a screen reader and they can't see the images in the first place. So you know, those are some of the examples that, that come to mind about things that you should or shouldn't do. You know, another great example would be if you're working with different types of documents and you're integrating video in them, of course, captions are great. But if their captions are not synchronized, then that would be a big don't because if they're not synchronized, you're always uh, sort of behind or, or running behind or, or, or a little half before the content occurs. And that completely throws you off also regularly. Mm-hmm. So some examples that, of things to consider. Denny, a bit of a concluding thought here. I was recently part of a seminar on how to make Word documents more inclusive. I didn't realize how many little things I could do mm-hmm. to even make my own docs more inclusive, although I'm, I'm more of a plain text user. I, I don't mess around with a lot of stuff. I keep a lot of the bells and whistles out of my documents. But that said, there was so much information and then a lot of jargon that came out, like a ton of jargon. I couldn't mm-hmm. Retain everything in the presentation. And I don't really have a question here, but it, it's a thought. Sometimes learning about this stuff can be overwhelming if we just try to cram in so much into just a couple yeah. of hours. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I do a lot of training, and, and a year, years ago when I started, um, I really wanted to give everyone everything that they needed. And therefore, you know, it's like drinking from a fire hose. There, there's just too much, and you keep forgetting stuff as you hear about new things. It's, I mean, just in any kind of pedagogical approach, you want to identify some key elements to teach or or learn, in your your case, as a participant that you would want to learn, but then not overdo it so that the things that you learn about, you're actually going to retain afterwards. So from the perspective of the person who was maybe teaching that class that you were on, you were in, uh, maybe it was a matter of maybe identifying items that are that would be that would give you the most bang for your buck, but maybe not talk about other things that you know you could learn about later if you progress down that path, and and accept that baby steps are always better than trying to teach everything all at once. Yeah. And um, and, and again, you know, if we were to look into a, a word course, for instance, where you would want to learn more about accessibility. Uh, there definitely is dozens and dozens of little things to think about, but by far the most important things relate to the use of styles, for instance. Mm. If you start using styles in Word or if you start using your master templates in PowerPoint and you maximize those for accessibility, all of a sudden you're making a lot of really great progress with just one particular consideration. Of course, it's not a simple one. There's there's quite a few things to learn about the way to properly use your styles in Word or or use styles or, or formatting and, and master templates in PowerPoint. But if you work with that first, you're going to create this baseline that is really, really clean, semantically structured and rich so that assistive technologies can benefit from that and then therefore provide a better experience to the user. And then you can start adding other things Mm. like alt text, like thinking about colors, thinking about contrast, thinking about hierarchy of headings, thinking about the meaningfulness of your links, for instance, like all these other things can come after because your baseline, your foundation is actually solid and can hold everything that you're going to build on top of it. Denis, we're always grateful for your perspective on these topics. Thank you for making time for us today. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. Until next time. Until next time. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. 
Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Juita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.